Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo! What up, what up, what up? Happy Monday, good people, man, or wherever it is. Uh, you may be where when you're listening to this, man. Uh, today is the Fight Podcast. We are back. Episode 96. Um, today I have a good one for you, man. I'm going to go ahead and recap this entire weekend. We have a lot of fire coming in from this weekend. So we have everything from the Errol Spence, uh, Mikey Garcia fight, UFC London and all the ramifications from that. And much more. And to top it off, man, my boy Brandon Camille uh, is on this episode breaking it down with me, man. A lot of fun. But before I get to that, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. We are currently everywhere podcast resides, man. So go ahead and check us out. All right. Yo, like I said, man, uh, welcome to the Fight Podcast. Uh, today's fun, man. Had a lot of fun breaking this one down. And uh, yeah, man, with that all being said, we have a lot to get into. So let's go ahead and jump into it. This is a fun one. And today I am joined with our post-fight show, our post-fight weekend show with my boy Brandon Camille, man. So enjoy. Sir, B, what up, dude? How you feel? Man, I am tired, <laughs> but um, it's been a, it's been a long weekend. Man, it, you probably, yeah, it you probably hear, like hear, you can probably hear it in my voice. My voice <laughs> is uh, it's not the same as it was on Friday. <laughs> but yeah, we're back. We're back in Boston. Um, great, great, great weekend. Felt, really felt like a dream come through. Um, a dream come true. I'm a very blessed man, but yeah, happy to be back. And I was really excited to get, get with you today and break everything down. A lot yeah, of stuff man. to go over this weekend. Absolutely. Well, yo, man, uh, I, I appreciate you joining me, man, on, on a Sunday. You know, usually I do these breakdowns by my lonesome. So, uh, nah, man, I, I'm here for you, man. You ain't, you're, you're not alone. I, I appreciate it, man. Nah, but like I said, it should be a good one. Um, at, like I said, we'll end up going over a couple of different things today. Obviously, um, I, I want to get into, uh, into the Spence, you know, Garcia fight. For those of us who don't know, man, my my boy B was already oh he was there 
at the event in Dallas, holding it down. Uh, and we definitely, like I said, after we talk about that a little bit, we're definitely going to jump into um, the UFC in London also. Uh, definitely got to break that down. There was some wild stuff that happened there as well. But all in all, man, it's a really good weekend of fights, man. So... Yo, wait, before before we get into it, I know you just texted me and asked me if there's anything I want to talk about. I told you no. There is one more fight I definitely want to mention. All right, we'll and I'm not sure if you got a chance to see it Friday night. Mm-hmm. Tevin Farmer versus Carroll. I did actually. How, forget that fight, Gabe Rosado. He's he's never in a boring fight. Man, that guy. Oh, you know, forget it. Let's just go ahead and jump into it, man. So. um the Tevin Farmer fight, man, yo, I, I'm a fan of this dude. Now, can he beat Javante Davis? I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. I don't think I don't, so. I don't I don't think so, to be but, honest. I, I don't think so. But I will say he's one of those guys that's crafty enough and gritty enough that he might be able to pull it off. Again, I don't know. I don't think so. But, man, he, I, I'm, I'm a fan, man. He, he he's, he's dope. He was so fun to watch on Friday, and I listened to one of his post-fight interviews where he mentioned that he could have easily stood on the outside, worked his jab, continued to move all night, but nobody wants to see that. He's a champion. He wanted to get in there. He wanted to be better than him at his fight, and he made the, the fight very, very exciting. Man, he landed some shots. I, I wish he had a little bit more pop to him, but he was landing sh- solid shots all night long he's somebody man that i really admire coming from where he came from wasn't highly regarded doesn't have a huge pedigree but to be able to go out there and what was that he just a few years ago he was even shot in the hand i forgot about that yeah he was i mean so dude has gone through like the ringer to get to the point he is i think that's why i'm so not only am i happy for him yo dude is legit Again, he's a force in that weight class, man. So it, it's it's really dope, man. When you literally have in every weight class from like heavyweight down, you, we can name three to five guys that are nasty, man. So it really is a really dope time in boxing right now. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Tevin Farmer isn't a huge star yet. Uh, Hopefully in the very near future, he gets some of those fights that will start to build his name within the sport. A close friend of mine from Philadelphia, he actually went to the fight. It was at Temple University told me that he really walked dope. in yeah he told me that he walked in for free though tevin farmer he's a world oh, champion man. should not be fighting at free events however one thing he did let me know is that watching his defense in person was truly amazing and for me watching the way he you know swims without getting wet it was amazing to watch on tv so i really can only imagine what that was like in person but yeah I, i'm pretty sure it was free right there at temple dude hey man I'm gonna have to uh, these the zone events, man. When they're in the states, I'm gonna have to try to make it to them because I've heard that even when the event was here in Chicago, people were just kind of strolling in like it's cool. So, man, I and honestly, look, they're actually putting on solid shows. Yeah, hands and, down. Mean, though the star of the show Friday night was Rosado and Selecki. Mm-hmm. Rosado, another Philly guy. Yo, absolutely. Puerto Rican brethren, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but dude is somebody who has fought everybody. Another dude who doesn't have like a huge... He only had like 13 amateur fights or something along those lines, man. Doesn't have a huge amateur background. Um, he's just one of those guys that's just tough. And 
he got dropped in the first round. And so, like, he's a monster. For people who don't know, man, dude is big for the weight class. Great jab. But, yo. Danny Jacobs victim. Hey, man, that, hey. No, no, not, the, not, not holding that against Yeah, that's not a bad thing. Fight. That's where people would know him from. Right, right. Yeah, Danny Jacobs put the thumpers on him. But, um, but yo, this was a good fight. And to see in the ninth round, Rosario go out there and drop Selecki twice after it looked like Selecki was kind of coasting into a win. Yo, it. I, I was jumping up and down in the house. I, I We need Gabe Rosado. We need people like him in boxing. Who cares about his record? He's going to go out there. He's going to fight. He's fun to watch. He's a fan favorite. And again, he's 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 definitely one of those throwback guys. Um, and honestly, at the end of the day, he also really respects the sport, man. So I'm a huge fan of Gabe Rosado, man. Same here. Now, I don't think there's many boxing fans that don't like Gabe Rosado. We're all fans of watching him fight. I think the question is, do we respect him uh, with a record that's not that great, having to lost, having lost multiple times to top talent? I think it's clear at this point that he will never get to that top level. But no, wherever this was his he's last at, shot. What'd you say? I said this was his last shot. Yeah, and so, I mean, wherever he's going to be in boxing, there there needs to be a camera on him. But, you know, out, outside of that, I mean, he, a lot of respect to him. Dope, dope, dope to see him fight down there in Philly. It was a great event overall. Both him and Tevin Farmer put on solid performances, even though Rosado was not victorious. But really great showing for Philadelphia that night. Shout out to a true boxing city. Oh, absolutely, man. It was good, man. It was fun to watch. And uh, like I said, zone just keeps on putting on really solid cards. But Eddie Herman pulling them strings. Man, he, he's he's doing it, hey, man. They they, they look good. And they're trying really hard to get a lot of people. Well, they're getting real close to learning. Uh, looking like they may be getting close to learning, learning in Wilder. But well, that's a Thursday conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Well, look. What is the conversation for today? Um, you were at the fights. You were in Dallas. You were right there, man. Tell me about like the because from from just watching it, the energy in the building seemed just bananas. How was it just to be in there, man? Like, what did that feel like? Man, I mean, it almost feels like I should have waited till Thursday because I'm really trying to let my nerves still calm down and just like <laughs> let everything die down. I really was a child yesterday. I had so much fun at that event. It's something I planned uh, planned for a long time ago. We, me and one of my my clo- my line brothers, we sat on the floor. We were, I mean, there's so many celebrities down there just like walking past you. It, it's people that you could tell Yo, were celebrities. You guys had amazing seats, man. You, you, it's people that you knew were celebrities that like but you didn't know who they were. The right. environment, you got to understand, in boxing, especially in U.S. boxing, it's really not common to get more than, what, twenty to 30,000 people at an event? Barclays Center yeah, holds 20,000. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and they pack it out, but still, that's, that's the most you're usually going to get. Absolutely, Center. yep. Uh, Madison Square Garden probably isn't much different. Probably, you know, somewhere under 25,000 capacity. So, and I'm not sure what the capacity of the Vegas uh, venues are, but I'm sure they're not super, super large. All of that considered. They're around the same. Cal- what'd you say? They're around the same. 
Okay. All of that considered, Cowboys Stadium is one of the larger venues here in the U.S. It holds up to 80,000 people. When they have events like this, they will close the upper decks off, making the capacity of the arena just around 50,000 people. There were 48,000 people at that venue yesterday. Fam, what is that like? That The sound in there must just be nuts. It had to be so loud. It was nuts. It was loud. It was raucous. One of the things that I found, I guess it, it's not that surprising, but the whole race thing. Like you knew, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. If you saw somebody, if you, if you if you saw somebody that was black in there, more than likely they were rocking with Spence. If you saw somebody that was Hispanic or you know Hispanic descent. They were likely rocking with Mikey. And that's just what it was. There was respect amongst everybody. It wasn't like Absolutely. a nasty type of thing. But the difference was very, very clear. And you speak about environment. Mm-hmm. You know, Mikey Garcia comes out with some type of like, you know, little mariachi band, some, you know, some music, Mexican music. Fam, Errol Spence's walkout, though. I let, let me get to it. Let Yo. Me get to it. Let me get to it. I, and, and so, like, you know, it, it was cool for, you know, the Hispanic people that were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mexican it. people, man. The Hispanics weren't, weren't in the building like that. They, they were, they, the, the crowd was full of Mexicans. And it's you know cool, what? We, man. You just got to call it what it is, man. <laughs> you know what it is, man. Yo, you, you guys were in Texas. Yo, the Mexicans down there, the Mexicans was rocking heavy. They were rocking. <laughs> with, with, with Mikey. And I understand it. And the brothers were out there rocking with Errol Spence. It is what it is. When when Aerosmith came out, the marching band came out, and that was cool. But yeah. when it when that music dropped, <laughs> the arena, the arena caught on fire. And then what you couldn't, I watched the telecast. Thank you for sending me that link. Absolutely. What you couldn't hear on television were you can see the pyrotechnics, but you couldn't hear them. And they were going off loud. And it was like, you know, Mikey walked out with a small mariachi band. Errol Spence got pyrotechnics in the in the arena with a marching band turning up for him, and another he had Yellow Beezy with him performing yeah. the song. I mean, he and he came through focused, all business. I mean, when he came through, I mean, you got goosebumps. He, man, he, that's he won the fight then. Uh, yo, that's when he won. It, it just watching it again, man. Being in the building had to be just be bananas, man. But I want just watching it on TV and seeing the marching band go out there, right? And I was like, yo, like because you know what? They, that could have gone really wrong. They could have really fucked that up. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like marching bands come out there and you give me some like some fake, you know, Bethune Cookman or some shit. You know, like don't do that. Like don't don't go out there on some whack shit, man. Yeah, they they came through. They held it down, and that was just a high school band. It's not like Word? it was a college band. That was a high school band. Oh man, yo, they killed it. Yeah, they 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 came through. They crushed it. Yeah, um, his his entrance was it. Was, oh, it was live. The was energy live. changed. Yeah, and by the time he got he got in the ring, gave gave a nice little touch to Floyd. We was writing. We was writing. That's what's up, man. I so, mean, so. In the environment was just it was honestly amazing man. honored to have been a part of it oh man it, it, they from every the way everyone talked about it it seemed like it was one of the biggest events of the year i mean to be able to pack out a stadium like that and that is something that i'm, I'm actually really glad to see that because you see that in london you see that overseas 
But especially when it comes to boxing, you don't see that. In combat sports in general, you don't see that. So be able to see two boxers again come in and Errol Spence, man, he he's making a claim for it, man. He might end up being that money guy, you know, and he's a different type. But before I get into that, um, yo, the fight itself. I think can can we just like pat ourselves on the it. back? Let's get to it. Let's get yo, to can it. Can we just pat ourselves on the back now? I mean Yeah. I I think we call that pretty uh pretty solid i mean there wasn't much we got wrong absolutely not i mean and and here's the thing the thing that it still shocked me it did it no, no but i'm talking about what shocked me was the fact that everyone in the pundits and everything seemed to forget about what we talked about last episode or last last time you were on is his pedigree Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make it seem like he's just this seek and destroy type of fighter because he has that power. They completely disregarded that. And like I talked about, which pissed me off so much when they kept on just throwing it under the rug like, oh, he's not a smart fighter. He's not this. After this fight, I'm sorry. I didn't give everyone tries to say, oh, the second round, Mikey did it. Man, Mikey didn't win shit. He did like, not win that second. Round. None, none of the judges gave Mikey a single round. He had there was a one one twenty to one oh seven scorecard, bro. Like people were the second round. No sir, he got beat the fuck up. Yo, bad. what did All what night. did those what did those body shots sound like in the building? Oh my gosh, I'm, I, I, I it was one body shot in particular that the way the way he hit him, it just sounded like it like spanked him. Like oh, he was out. Like you could hear the glove against his skin, like like he got slapped. Yeah, it was oh, a cutting shot. I mean, all night, and a lot of those shots, you can tell they were glancing blows more on TV in person. They looked like they were catching him clean, but mm-hmm. you could tell a lot. Some of them were coming off Mikey's gloves, but he was still taking so much punishment throughout the fight. I was shocked that he stayed in there throughout, honestly. And I was saying, you, you said it was surprising. What I was saying was surprising to me was just how easy it was dude i was was expecting the first at least three four rounds to be a bit more competitive before we saw spence really start to take over and it was easy work all night we're not talking about some you know super sophisticated game plan some super out all of these crazy adjustments no we're talking about a very 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 simple game plan work your jab and control distance simple these are these are boxing fundamentals almost and granted you have somebody that's one of the best boxers in this sport today and somebody that moved himself up in my opinion on the pound for pound list yesterday 100% so that's who you have in there executing that game plan I get that but still I just did not expect it to be that easy from start to finish literally wire to wire there was never any moment where Spence just wasn't in control so here's my thing and everybody loves talking about Mikey's, you know, how great of a boxer he is. And the fact that Sugar Ray Leonard, Mike Tyson, all these greats who ended up picking against Spence. Yo, how dare you? How dare you go out there and like you you would think that how is it possible that you and i sitting here watching it can see and understand and i can go through history and say man this guy has a pedigree this fight wasn't competitive this wasn't a competitive fight nope 
like you said, from bell to bell. And here's the thing. People are like, and, and it really was starting to irritate me. Everyone was, again, giving, man, congrats to Mikey. Yo, for what? And if that's the case, congrats to Adrian Broner when he lost to Manny Pacquiao. Congrats to you for getting through a 12-round fight. Because look, let's be honest, look at the numbers. His numbers were really reminiscent to actually Adrian Broner. He never landed anything more than 10 punches in any round. In any round. So the fact that people are sitting here and still like congrats to Mikey and you know for doing whatever. Yo, the only reason Mikey Garcia survived is because he's one, he's a high caliber athlete. He's an incredible boxer. But here's the thing. After it was the ninth round when they were about to stop the fight, he said, okay, he went in just self-preservation mode. He wasn't going to go ahead and exchange. He shelled up even more. He was gun shy. He, like those last couple rounds, man, you, he just took them off because he was not trying to get knocked out. So the fact that everybody's like, congrats for you making it all the way. Yo, man, get the get F out of here. Like, for real. Like, I have no time for that. This dude got just dominated. And that's all it was. Yeah. I do congratulate Mikey for taking the fight, for daring to be great, for jumping two weight classes. Those were all things that we really needed and wanted to see in boxing today and mikey garcia gave it to us yes but, but, he got he, he got dominated right. over 12 rounds yes those last three rounds did seem to be a lot more survival than anything so he i, I don't think there's any congratulations for mikey in making it to the final bell I, I think he literally was putting in a, a good effort, a good showing, a not an Adrian Bronner showing. He was putting up a good showing, a good fight up until that point. You could see he was putting the effort in, even though he was getting clearly beat. But I mean, I, I I'm not congratulating him for getting to the final bell. That's not something you congratulate somebody for. And it was, I think my issue was when you're listening to the broadcast, how they kept on talking about this is a moral victory. Yo, man, there are no moral victories in combat sports. There are none. After the way that he got dominated, it felt like a moral victory. I I, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, I, I, I don't see it as a moral victory. Don't give him that shit. No, I mean, you don't give him anything just for getting to the final bell. And that's my, and again, and the other thing I think was a bigger issue also that I I was, everyone was still making it seem like, oh, his size was just too much. Yo, his size had nothing to do with this win. He was a better skilled fighter. He was more, he was more accurate. He was busier. Yo, if we pull up the numbers, he threw over a thousand shots, bro. He threw up over a thousand. In fact, I'll give you the exact number right here. This dude threw a, he ended up landing 300 and there it is. 345 out of 1,042. He just outworked this dude. Totally outworked him. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it it was just a dominant win. And no, it was it was about size to a certain extent because because he's so much bigger, his so, stance is a lot wider and it really how, allowed him to. How about Robert Easter? 
Robert Easter and Errol Spence lengthwise are extremely similar. Mikey Garcia was able to get on the inside and and and, util- and defeat him, knocked him down, was able to impose his will, and that's even why he took that Robert Easter fight to see if he can deal with the length of a longer opponent. And and Robert Easter is not Errol Spence, so I mean, He's so not, to your but I'm to your point, to your point, that, that works to your point about it being about his boxing IQ. Yeah. And by no means am I saying he completely dominated the fight due to his size. I do believe his presence and that consistency in terms of pressure that Errol Spence is always going to bring to the fight played a pressure uh, played a, a factor in it. But I thought it was beautiful. It was beautiful Absolutely. of Errol Spence. And we were speaking about someone. We were speaking about Canelo last week. Mm-hmm. We really pra- praised him yeah. in that second fight against Triple G yep. for showing up and fighting Mexican style. And essentially, one of the things that I heard Errol Spence say after uh, in his post fight interview was that he watches everything on YouTube. Yep. Especially during his fight, he hears and sees everything. Even during his post-fight interview, he, people are asking him questions, and before he answers, he's calling them out because they picked Mikey Garcia, yep. which I thought was hilarious. Oh, it cracked me but up, yeah. he showed up and beat Mikey Garcia at everything that Mikey Garcia was supposed to beat him at. A good jab, good footwork, and solid boxing IQ all night, which were just so many underrated pieces of his game and maybe it took a performance just like this to show the world exactly how complete of a fighter Errol Spence really is it, it just and the, for it, me yeah and, and for, for me I thought Errol Spence took this fight and there was just there wasn't much to gain and there was so much to lose so much yeah you're right man. and in the in the aftermath of the fight Errol Spence, in my opinion, gained way more than I ever thought he could in that performance. Especially because of the level, because a lot of people, even myself, I thought Mikey was going to be more competitive than that. And um, it really does. You have to look at Errol Spence that like he's definitely in the top three pound for pound, top two possibly. You Errol Spence I mean? elevated himself in that pound for pound list last night. Yo, but so much. Like, he jumped over Terrence Crawford. Ooh. He jumped over Terrence Crawford. And with the way boxing is right yeah. now, if the, the pound for pound list and your rankings are so close to where if you fight last, you can easily get the nod over somebody else. So in a specific debate like that in Terrence Crawford uh, versus Errol Spence, I'm giving it to Errol Spence right now because we just saw it and his last victory was so much more impressive than Terrence Crawford's last victory, although uh, that was a great fight in itself. But this is fresh in our minds. And right now, I think Errol Spence did a lot for himself in the whole Errol Spence versus um, uh, versus Terrence Crawford debate. He did a lot. And right now, I'm giving him the nod. I've been on record... I've said it actually a number of times already on this show. I think I always thought because of the size, Errol Spence would beat Terrence Crawford already. I already felt that way. But I'm going to be honest with you. The reason I think Errol Spence not only beats Terrence Crawford, but he probably knocks him out is because Terrence Crawford is willing to take risks. 
he gets also hit with big shots. I've seen him what in the Benavides fight. I see he got he got cracked at one point in time. Um, it was either the Felix Diaz or the uh, one of these other fights, but he's been hit before, and he'll he he'll get hit because he's willing to Yuri, engage. Yuri Orkis, uh, Gamboa. Gamboa, yep. And but he's willing to exchange, right? Seeing how technical and how great Errol Spence was truly with his boxing and showing that he can mix it up, I think he's more versatile than Terrence Crawford at this point in time. I mean, I I wouldn't say he's more versatile, but with the size and then you consider the fact that he has that aspect, he has the ability to walk you down, a la what he did to Lamont Peterson. Yes. Then he has the ability to keep his distance control distance and really just pick you apart all night with his boxing ability as he did last night terrence and you tie all of that together now here's the kicker after the fight i'm not sure what his regimen has been like in the past in between fights but in his post-fight interview yeah he said he's gonna stay at a buck 60 he said he said he's controlling his weight better so he's only going up to about 160 in between fights so he has a lot more energy when he comes down to 147 for these fights i'm not i haven't really ever seen errol spence get tired but last night in a longer fight the so last time i saw him in a long fight was the kel brook fight i think there were small signs of fatigue nothing too blaring but just small signs of fatigue Last night, huh. he his his punch output and everything considered, he looked extremely strong all of the way through. Yeah. You can really like, that's what I was gonna say. It's hard to sit there and say somebody got tired or started showing little signs of fatigue. He threw over a thousand shots. Yeah, I mean, last night, not against not against Kell Brook. No, no, against Kell Brook at one point in time. You're right. You're. I thought you were meant this this fight with Mikey against Kell Brook at one point in time. He did look tired. Yeah. Yeah, and he, it, it wasn't anything blaring, just like, you know, small signs of yeah, fatigue. Yeah. And that's fine over the course of a 12-round fight. But now you can see the effects of keeping his weight at 160 pounds in between fights. He has a lot more energy. A thousand shots last night. Looking good. Looking bouncy. Controlling 12 rounds from start to finish. He looked the same way in the 12th round that he did in the, in the first round. You know, it really the wasn't 12th much of a round, he was still going after Mikey. Yeah, he was still going after it. He was throwing big shots. And one thing that I appreciated what he did was, yo, my man's switched it up like so often throughout. He'll go out, out box him from the outside, but then he'll just show Mikey from time to time. Look, if I feel like going in here and getting you, I can and just started just blasting him on the inside. And the fact that, yo, think about this. Mikey Garcia, Mikey Garcia. A lot of people definitely had him top three pound for pound. Could only manage 75 shots for an entire fight. Yo, that blows my mind, yo. This dude is this dude is so good. And if we look at people talking about, you know, um, who's the next big thing? Who's going to be the next money person after uh, Mayweather? Yo, this could legitimately be the one. guy. We got one. He has the look. He has the skill. He knocks people out. And he's a good guy. He's not in any trouble. So, I mean, this dude is literally, the, he's marketable. He's the full package, man. He I, Like boxing, you got one. Don't mess it up. Please don't mess it up. 
I, I was there was points last night after the fight where I thought <laughs> the win last night in the fashion that he did it was the worst thing for his career. Oh, bro. Like well, nobody wants that smoke. But you know what though? Uh, I, I was going back and forth with that, right? I was. But I think he is Hold dude. Hold on, Pacquiao immediately. Oh, fam. Hey, M- Manny, Manny, Man- Manny, come here. Come here, Manny. <laughs> like, for real. Like, the way he called it. Like, how you gonna stun him from the jump? Like, y'all haven't even fought yet. And he's, hey, get, get your little ass over here. Come here. Come here. I respect you. I appreciate what you've done. Yo, come get these hands. I, I love it, man. Dude is marketable. He has everything. But the reason I disagree, yo, is because I, I legitimately think, yo, he sold out a 40,000-seat arena. Everyone this morning is going to be talking about Errol Spence Jr. And now that everyone's talking about him, they might try to go after him because, just like Mayweather, he's the guy now. Man, when Mayweather was the guy, it didn't – the toll – the expense was yeah, not as high. It was true. It's true. It's true. Mayweather was uh, an 135 pounder fighting at 147. Yep. He was. He's a great, amazing boxer. One of the best in history in terms of defense and boxing IQ. But his punches at 147, they were sharp, and he could get you out of there. But that's not some. That's not a consistent threat that he was bringing every fight. And if oh, you yeah, box you're right. him, you, you don't have to worry about getting knocked the fuck out. Errol Spence, you're gonna be peeing blood for a week. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now I'm. I'm gonna say I heard um, Derek James after the fight say something, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I Shout out to Derek James. Yo, monster. Um, I, I know. I know you saw the the uh, the um, the broadcast. Listen to him and listening to him in the corner. He is a legitimate trainer, yo. He is in there. He is he is coaching up his boy. He's telling him exactly what he sees. He's doing what a trainer is supposed to do. And too often when you see people in there, they're telling people, man, go out there and, and hit him in the face. Like, fam, that's not helping him. Try Let me harder. see that heart. I yeah, more. I need more. Like, dude, that doesn't do anything. Tell me. Be my extra set of eyes. Derek, now I understand what makes him so great as a trainer. He's in there. He's invested. Like, I'm a huge fan of Derrick James. But what he said, man, he ended up saying afterwards, he's like, yo, Mikey Garcia is never going to be the same after this fight. And you know what? I agree with him 100%. And the reason I agree with him is because of this. It's not specifically because of the power. It's not specifically because of the damage that he's that he, inf- he got uh, inflicted upon him. It's because in his mind, in his soul, he thought that he was the best at all of these specific things. No matter who you are, I should be better at this. He literally got demolished by somebody demoralized. Everything that you thought you were great at, this person took from you. Perfect example of that is... Bernard Hopkins versus Felix Trinidad. After that fight, Trinidad was never the same. His confidence was shot. Yeah, I think that's a great example. And two things. One, first to your comments about Derek James. Derek James was very open prior to the fight, speaking about this being not only Errol Spence's biggest fight, but as a trainer, it's his biggest fight. 
And it was a big moment that he had to step up for as well. And Errol Spence was aware of that. He wanted to bring this home for himself, but not only for himself, for his trainer as well. Derek James, five years ago, was not a, a popular name in terms of tra- uh, boxing trainers. And over the last two years, with him being trainer of the year in 2017, I mean, he's built an awesome stable of fighters, and it really keeps continues to get better and better. Now, in terms of Mike Garcia... Will he ever be the same? You really don't know until you see his next fight out. You don't know what type of resilience a fighter has. And all of the things you mentioned were true. I think the biggest hit will be to how the public views him, how other fighters view him. The the fear that he used to put into the soul of other fighters and the fact if, if he goes down to 135, You know, maybe people are still aware of that and they should be. But there's an allure that comes with that. Oh, there's an allure that comes with the fact that you've been dominant in all of your performances. And we're we're not we're not speaking about a competitive fight. Not not even a little bit. Yo, it looked like a one session. Twenty. It looked like a sparring session, fam. He went out there and just and here's the thing. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but the Go ahead. the thing about yo, the fact that he went out there and he even said it, he was like, I just did this because I wanted to. He was like, next fight from here on out, it's going back to seek and destroy. I just wanted to show you guys that I can outbox this guy you guys thought was so great at boxing. Yo, that's terrifying. That is terrifying for anybody in that division. Because he was like, you guys thought this is what I did. This is the box all of you put me in. Look at me now. What, what What's up? And he's that was a, terrified. That was a gladiator. Are you not entertained? Yes, 100%. Are you not entertained? 100%. Fam. Dude, he, he and, and now look, everyone's going to look around and they're literally going to look at themselves. Um, uh, Keith Thurman, who, who thinks he believes, and he is, he's a very... Uh, intellectual fighter he's going to second guess a lot of things he's going to look at that and say oh man that guy is I mean mean, you're literally going to have guys and you're right now I'm thinking about it yo you're right I think you're going to have guys pretty much starting to weigh the benefits like you know what I don't want to do he's going to knock me the fuck out or I can get just box my face off what's going to happen pick your poison listen pick your poison I could be wrong, but there, as of now, there's no way that I see that Thurman fight happening. I I barely see see the Sean Porter fight happening. Barely. Keith Thurman looks so in love right now. Man, (laughs) yo. He looks straight up. He just looks so in love. Time out. Did you see the... uh, (laughs) So, uh, you know, Brendan Schaub has a... Brendan Schaub uh, um, is a has a podcast below the belt he's former uh, ufc fighter uh he works for showtime um so he has a show and he actually interviewed recently uh keith thurman and they're in there together getting manicures you know and that's like the the interview now look hey man i understand i get my feet i get a pedicure from time to time it's all good i'm not mad at that but yo you're right 
all my mans was talking about is how in love he was and how his lady speaks three different languages and all this. And I'm like, yo, you know, he's out here like, man, I'm in love. I got money. I might not need to get punched in the face anymore. This analyst job I got sitting here next to Boom Boom might be the th- way to go. I just I just can't see it happening. No. Who wants to spy, fight Errol Spence? It's going to be so hard for him. And he's I, I think Terrence Crawford wants that smoke. I, I think mean, he's the only one that legitimately believes he can win that fight. That's fine. I mean, no one doubts that. Terrence Crawford definitely wants that smoke, and I think he believes that he can win. Yeah. The only issue there we have are promotional issues, and this is right. one of those situations where y'all motherfuckers need to figure it the fuck out. <laughs> figure it out. Please. Come on, please. It, please. The latest, the latest that this fight needs to happen, if not Q4 this year, it needs to be Q1 2020. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, well, you know what? I did hear somebody saying that 2020, that fight was going to happen. So, I mean, but when, when you got to realize when the fight was really starting to be introduced, it was supposed to happen in 2019. That, that was the date that both uh, that I know, at least for a fact that Terrence Crawford gave. He said, oh, yeah, t- 2019. OK, man, man I don't know, man. It is. It is. Um, Errol, Errol Spence, just the, the legend of the boogeyman in the welterweight division. It, it grew. Lives it, on. Grew, it grew this weekend. It, it, there oh, there it was got, no, it, it got it got even bigger. He was it already got, the boogeyman, the way he came back and dominated. And, and here's the thing. Do you remember when he fought Kell Brook? He looked at the camera. He was like, oh, I could have done it sooner. I was just kind of messing around. I don't remember that. He did. He was, he was like, yeah, he was like, I could have finished him in six. He's like, but I didn't. And that was a, that was a step up fight. So the first fight at that level, getting used to the uh, the intensity of the moment and everything. Yo, Kel I, I can Brook does not want those problems anymore. Oh, no. That no. is done. That ship is sailed. He was like, nope, I'm cool. But you can see that championship medal, that experience, even on his face when he walked in, how relaxed he looked. He believes that, that he's the best at the in the top world. level. Matters. He he believes he's the best in the world. He, he, throws, he should. Yeah. I believe he's the best in the world. Yo, fam, second that. I, I really do. All right, so we, we both believe he's the best right now, definitely at that weight class. Manny Pacquiao got his, you know, the legend. I'm giving him that. Got back in the ring. Uh, he, he looked good his last time out. Do you think that fight actually gets made? <sighs> no. I think Manny Pacquiao sits down with his team, sits down with Bob Arum, and I think that's going to be the real kicker, Bob Arum. Mm. Maybe, maybe Freddie Roach. His team should not Freddie Roach take said, that fight. Freddie Roach said he didn't like that fight before. I remember a while ago he said that. He, his team does not let need to let him take that fight. It's a good fight for boxing. I think Manny, in his prime, definitely puts up a way better fight than Mikey Garcia did just because of how good his footwork is. He's able to jump in and jump out very quickly, create angles. That is prime time, prime time Manny. He's not the the, the best. He's not like a, a uh, but how, how much he, he has slowed? to be. He has to be in. I don't yeah, know. He slowed down a lot, but I mean, it, it, I, I can't see his team allowing him to take that fight. Not after how Errol Spence looked last night. And yeah. that's exactly what I was saying is that he looks so good that you're not going to be able to convince people to get into the ring with him. 
Sean Porter said, if Pacquiao don't want that smoke, I'll make it happen. Eh, will you? Look, honestly, I think that's if the Pacquiao fight doesn't happen, it's going to be Sean Porter, right? And yes. it's going to be great because we'll then he'll end up having two belts. You know, and Sean Porter also deserves that because he wore that fucking leprechaun fit last night. Fam, so he, he was out there trying fight. to look like Joe Frazier. Like, I didn't know what he was doing, man. That fucking leprechaun. Oh, my gosh. Man, it, like, that's all I thought of. I was like, why are you trying to look like Joe Frazier? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> but because he's like a welterweight, it gave him that real leprechaun feel. Yo, and he's a little he's a little welterweight, that short one at that. So, yeah, man, my man's was out there. He was wilding. But, look, I believe that he's probably going to end up being the one that gets the fight. Um, the only thing, in my opinion, that's going to end up beating Errol Spence is if he continues moving up in weight. I think those guys that light heavyweight might end up being a problem. That that's as far up as I literally think he can go before he starts really facing a problem. But with him working out a regimen to only go up to 160 in between fights, and it, it depends who gets in the ring with him. But he's positioned himself for quite a lengthy run at 147 and I think it's all tailored around when that Terrence Crawford fight happens yeah if it happens sooner than later then and he and he is victorious then moving up becomes a lot more of a possibility and and a lot more of a reality because now he's literally cleaned out the division and if he is able to beat Terrence Crawford there is literally no one else there there just isn't not at all so you have to go to 154, which Errol Spence looks like he's 0.5% body fat. His skin is tight on an, on that muscle. So he can easily, easily put on that seven pounds and be fine at 154. He probably doesn't have to change anything from no, what Charlo he's doing. Charlo said that. Charlo said that before. Both of them, they're like, yo, he can easily fight. He said, they said he could fight up to 160 if he wanted to. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, it, and and those are your training partners. It's not like you're training with with any slouch. I am I'm sure that just due to Jamal being around, he's probably got some working with Jamal at some point. No, he's they they work together relatively often. They didn't work together for this camp, but uh, when they're both in town, they said they work together relatively often. Because Jamal is under a different trainer. Jamal, Jamal is Jamal Jamal, Jamal is under Ronnie Shields. So I know him and Jamal get a lot of work. I don't know about him and Jamal. Um. I don't. Yeah, you're right, Jamal. I don't know, but I know. I think they have before because they're all boys. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just naturally from being around each other. I'm yeah, sure. I'm yeah. sure they've gotten some work in. But Jamel, they do that constantly. Constantly. Yeah. And, and so that's why, honestly, after this fight, also, um, I think Charlo's next fight, Jamel's next fight, I think is going to be a a solid fight. I think he finishes Tony Harrison. Honestly, Jamel got to show the fuck up. He, no, he really, does. He, no, he, he really does. has to show up. I, I'm, but I, I, I feel like he's going to get some of that rub. I feel like seeing his brother going on and doing things, seeing his boy going out there and doing stuff. I mean, that that being around that crowd of people, it has to be infectious. You're going to want to continue developing and growing. And again, I'm just a huge fan of the Charlo twins. So maybe I'm just being biased. They were the first to bust all last night. Oh, fam! I saw when they walked in. It cracked me up, man. <laughs> I, I walked in. I walked in. They walked right past. Me. I was like, "Damn, that's the Charlo twins!" Like, it, 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 this shit is not by accident. Like, when we were like, it's just like 
everybody was there. It, it's such easy access. It was Fam, crazy. But looking at you uh, having the clip of the Charlotte Twins walk by, I was like, yo, those dudes, they walk around like two like cage pit bulls. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no. I don't, they, they walk around like two, uh, two very interestingly dressed Caged pit bulls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man, you don't like the uh, the different color pants hey, and stuff. Hey, man? they they was shining though. Uh, they they were, they were shining. They they had it was icy. Oh, and now I, I think one had on maybe some some satin Versace pants. Uh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> they was shining, boy. They was shining. They had a little entourage. I'm sure they had some hoes with them. Oh, I believe but, it. Uh, man. Hey, that's what you're supposed to do at that age, man. That's what it is. Yeah. They, uh, they, so let me ask you this, man. Um, before we go ahead and shift gears and and, and talk about this uh, MMA card, uh, final thoughts, man, of the event, um, and just your experience being there last night, man, or this weekend? Yeah, last night. All fights don't have to happen in Vegas. They don't, especially when you have an an, an arena like AT and T Stadium, who's ready, willing to host these events, where you can really hold 50,000 people and honestly you can hold more if need be look all big fights don't have to happen in Vegas all big fights do not have to happen in New York Dallas AT&T Stadium that is a legitimate venue Yo, and I would I, love to I, see I have boxing to... do a little bit more with it going forward I, I, I agree with you I think boxing does have to do more of that but I laugh when you start talking about that because in MMA we have big events like that all over the world you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, dude, one of the greatest venues out there is, you know, in Toronto, uh, yeah, in Canada. Like, Canada is, like, crazy, you know. Um, Australia, some of the biggest crowds you'll ever see, you know. So, it's, uh, it's boxing needs to do a far better job of getting out of Vegas and well, doing bo- more. Boxing has changed, especially U.S. boxing. But yeah. when you speak about boxing in general, you know the biggest events, Vegas, New York, Wembley, yep. O2. Yep. yep. Like, I mean, that, that that's about it. Those are the big four locations throughout the world. And I believe it's Deontay Wilder that I've heard speak about this. But boxing has changed. When Muhammad Ali was the world heavyweight champion, what's the first word? World, yeah, yeah, world, and he was fighting all over the world. Ali Bumaye, yeah, the Philippines, he was in Africa, yeah, he was everywhere. He's everywhere. That's what boxing was, and that was exciting. It's lost a lot of that allure, Mm -hmm. and I think maybe it's because of television. There's yeah, there's something about you being nervous that you're missing prime time hours. That's exactly what it is. Yep. So, I mean, I can understand slightly from that perspective, but it'd be cool to see Deontay. I mean, we have so many dominant black fighters. Fam. It's so dope to see you fight in Africa. It it would be incredible, but you'd end up getting certain things that happen. So, for instance, the UFC has done that a couple times, right? And they'll have an an incredible show. Like, for instance, this last one that uh, Stylebender was on, and it was in... um, The the one in in Australia, when he fought uh, Anderson, when they were out there. Yo, that was they they were fighting in the afternoon, like in the morning, like the car started in the morning over there so we can get it prime time. That's odd. It, it Yo, and they've done that so many times, especially for the pay-per-view cards. So if it's a pay-per-view event, 
they're going to end up having the other guys. And I'll be honest with you, boxing, MMA, you're under the UFC, Bellator, one ban- whomever the banner is. And they're going to be like, whatever, I'm fighting in the morning, I'm fighting in the morning. Do you think some of these prima donnas are actually going to let that ride? Like, wait, you want me to fight at what time? 9 a.m.? Hell no. I, I think um, someone like Deontay Wilder will. I think if somebody we were, okay. If we're talking Wilder someone like will. someone like Errol Spence, I think he will. I mean, there's actually a little bit more I need to say on Errol Spence because seemingly out of nowhere, he's like super black. Oh, yeah. Like, right. oh, I, I, I haven't heard black. him get I haven't get heard him get on that before until he smoked. <laughs> Oscar De La Hoya. Yo, did he you see smoked that? Oscar De La Hoya so Go ahead, bad. No, no, tell him about it, man. <laughs> Oscar De La Hoya after the fight yesterday must have tweeted something along the lines of, "Hey, great fight, Errol Spence. You should come fight fight for Golden Boy." Maybe he said, "If you want to make some real." So here's a, here's a tweet. Congratulations, Lakeshore. If you want to make real money, let me promote your next fight on the zone. Errol Spence's response: very simple. You don't treat black fighters well, brother. <laughs> hey, hey, and man! I, short and sweet, to the point. And in his post-conference, in his in, in his post-fight interview, um, the post-fight presser, one of the things that he mentioned, he didn't go too deep into it, but you could tell he was he felt he really, really, really felt a way about. Some of the black boxing analysts and people like Mike Tyson and oh, Sugar Ray Leonard like that. Yeah. kicking yeah. against him. He was he really felt away. He was like, "Yo, those are my people. How the fuck could they pick against me?" And I I liked it. I liked it. I mean, I, I think here. that that was actually one of my. I was irritated with that also. Even though, look, man, I was I, I try to be you know, it's not about that or whatever. You know, I mean, dude, I'm 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 black and Puerto Rican, right? It's whatever. Every time a black dude fights a Puerto Rican dude, I can't stunt, man. I'm a little torn. It happens, you know. But um, it, it's just, I'm glad he brought it up, and that and that's something because I was a little irritated with all those guys also. I'm like, what are you doing? Like yo, what's up? I I mean, you just gonna pick against you like like buddy like that? Really? I was a little upset about that, man. But yo, real quick, we gotta we're gonna pay some bills real quick. When we come back, we are gonna finish up this little talk, and then again, UFC London, man. Let's go. All right. Uh, hope you're enjoying the conversation that I'm having today with Brandon Camille and uh, everything that we're breaking down with all the fight news, all of our analysis and um, what we have going on this episode. But remember, the fight podcast is brought to you guys each week by Sage Eats. Go ahead and check out Sage Eats on the website, www.sageeatschicago.com. Sage Eats is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. Sign up now and get 15% off your first three months man um they help you out with your workouts they write programming for you no matter where in the world you currently are and uh, if you are in the chicago area they cook and deliver healthy uh, portioned and 100% customized foods directly to your home or office Uh, any questions again check out www.sageeatschicago.com and remember the fight podcast is brought to you each and every week by sages but remember uh 
we're on all social media platforms man uh at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente support the show check us out on the website thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate and share and yo remember we got merch merch is out there in the streets man so go ahead and check us out any questions go ahead and uh go on the website and uh let us know your size and we will get that out to you all right man uh let's go ahead and get back on to my conversation uh and my post-fight episode with brandon camille yeah yo what up man welcome back all right so check it out um Go ahead. We're just. I want to finish up what we we're talking about. Let's finish. Let's wrap up this. Uh, this fight. I mean, yo, it was an incredible fight. We're both riding Errol Spencer's nuts right now, but uh, it's all yeah. to the good, man. <laughs> so I, 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 I went to the to the fight with my line brother Ro Timmy, and uh, if you know Ro Timmy, which a lot of people in in Chicago know him, he does, he owns a part owner of Drink House over there, oh, yeah. and he's a very extravagant dresser. It's just <laughs> how he is, uh, Nigerian guy, and he wore a literally like a fox around his neck like real real fur like a fox <laughs> like you, you could see the face of the of the dead fox on his neck like it was a fox we got so much attention because of that fur <laughs> That's it was from everybody that we walked past it was hilarious uh just one piece of the night that i just had to mention it was hilarious but Ooh, it, it, was, it was a great time, great event. Shout out to Mikey Garcia for making the fight. Shout out to Errol Spence in what uh, the word that you will continue to hear when speaking about this fight, a dominant performance. And that's all for me. Absolutely, man. Well, check it out. It was a great fight. Um, yeah, congrats to everybody. But uh, Errol Spence is a beast, man. All right. Uh, this weekend also was UFC uh, fight night in London, man. Um, yo. All in all, the card was, it was a good card. It was fun. But I only want to talk about two fights altogether. So, yo, did you, were you, did you have an opportunity to check it out? Only the Darren, the Darren Till All right, cool. Fight. Cool. So, here, I, I'll go ahead and... I uh, saw some articles about whatever happened backstage as well. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that, too. So, check it out. Uh, Jorge Masvidal ended up fighting against Darren Till. Oh, and by the way... Each each week I do my picks on this show, and I'm like I said, my percentage is pretty high. I'm not gonna stunt. This week, boxing, MMA, everything. I I have to say, man, pat myself on the back. Hundred percent on my picks this week. Even the underdog picks came through. Oh man, I love it when that happens. Uh, but we had Jorge and Masvidal fighting um, Darren Till. We we really need more credit for our Errol Spence pick. <laughs> Looking at how many people really picked Mikey. Yo, for real. And we sat here and talked about his boxing pedigree last week. That's what we spoke about. How is it possible that I feel like nobody else paid attention to that? How did nobody else see that? I think people saw it, but like Errol Spence has been such a dominant boxer. He hasn't has, had to use his uh, boxing IQ and some of his boxing skills like Mikey Garcia has. So oh, out of sight, man. out of mind. You know how it is. Dude, I, I couldn't Don't believe Spence. it. We got we to go. We couldn't UFC. believe it, man. Well, check it out. I will say this. We're talking about another... If we're just going to go ahead and jump in the main event, man. The main event was uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Darren Till. For those of us who don't know Darren Till, Darren Till is... They call him the gorilla, right? He's... Huge for the weight class. This dude should fight at a buck eighty-five. He has to. He walks around over two ten. That's how big this guy is. 
Um, physically imposing, huge knockout striker. If he gets you on the ground, man, dude is devastating. On the other hand, it was against Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal, man, he came up and people first found out about Jorge. Yo, he came up with Kimbo Slice with the backyard brawling. The backyard fighting, that's where he, he made his name. So he went from backyard brawling to one of the best MMA teams in the world, American Top Team. So he went from from backyard brawling American top team, and now he has over 50-plus fights in his career. Dude is an absolute monster. Fights anybody and everybody. So the MMA fans, the MMA purists, were super hype on this fight because they are like, yo, this is two dogs who don't give a shit, and they're about to go at it. So I was excited about that matchup, man. So that, that was just me personally. They went at it. They went so, at. I, I didn't know much about them prior to the fight. I, I watched Darren Till when he fought Tyron Woodley for the title. Um, yeah, I have not seen Jorge fight before at all, but seeing the fight when and it was a good fight and it was a short fight, but it was a good fight. Both guys had success and they both guys had their moments. And uh, I'll, I'll let you talk about the rest of it before I get into <laughs> it. All right, so the fight starts off, man, and it's definitely. Right from the jump, man, Jorge Masvidal ran out there and did something I've never seen before. Just immediate nut shot. Like, runs across the cage and, like, Sparta kicks my man in the nuts, right? It it was funny to see at first, but you can tell it definitely was something that wasn't planned, right? Um, The one thing I will say that shocked me, though, because Jorge never starts off that fast. He's always somebody who kind of warms into the fight. Now, something to keep in mind... Jorge actually didn't fight at all in 2018. My man was on a reality show and he was doing a whole bunch of other things, but he didn't even fight in 2018. So this is somebody who was close to fighting for a title, took a couple of losses that were close, really close, both split decision losses. And now took a year off to fight the one of the scariest guys in the division. Dude just fought for the title number three ranked guy. And this huge number three ranked guy is so, throws his first punch and drops Jorge right from the bell, yo. Like Jorge ended up getting dropped. Um, but you can see, man, that's that's something that he loves, man. He went ahead, he got dropped, he felt his power, and and for me, more than anything else, it was just him trying to get his timing right. He has he, he has little ring rust. It's been over a year since he's competed. So yo. Darren Till's prime. He's ready. And he ended up catching my man with a huge uh, left hand off the bat. Immediately. Immediately. First threw his first first left hand he threw. Dropped him. Um Jorge ends up getting out there. And one thing again, Jorge is one of the most well-rounded MMA fight. He is the definition of MMA fighter. Great wrestling, great kickboxing, great boxing, great jujitsu. He's not the best at any one particular thing, but he, damn, he puts it together well. After he ended up getting back up, because after a a little scramble, um, Jorge ended up getting back to his feet. And you know what, man? If you actually looked at it, the rest of the round, Jorge arguably was ended up winning the rest of the round. He started to come on. Some of those big body kicks, he started landing um, a huge uh, rear kick to the body. He started also... One thing that I think Darren Till didn't keep in, didn't expect is Darren Till was coming downhill, landing bombs. And you can see at first it was, I don't know if it was the force of it. 
or the sharpness, but you can see it was pushing back Jorge. But all of a sudden, you can see when it something changed. He took a punch to the face and he smiled and blew a kiss at Darren Till. Blew a kiss at him. Darren Till blasted him again with a huge uppercut. He smiled, stuck his tongue out, blew another kiss to him. I'm like, oh, yo, he's starting to feel it. One thing all of a sudden Darren Till started doing, and I noticed this more in the second round than I did the first round. Jorge got his timing quickly in that second round. And one thing that Darren Till does is he he's a southpaw, so he sets up, and then with his movement, he ends up throwing lunging in and blasting a huge left hand. That's why he dropped him originally. Huge. Yo, super powerful, and it's fast. It's super fast. Jorge started timing it. Slipping off to the slipping off to the right and then throwing a three-piece every time. So you can see it started kind of having Darren, and then he was catching them too. So Darren Till was starting to be a little bit, you know, hesitant, right? He knew that was coming. And the other the other big factor in the fight was Jorge did an amazing job of catching kicks. A big part of Darren Till's game is actually landing huge kicks, right? Darren Till. Every time he started throwing kicks, Jorge would catch it. And then not only would he catch it, he'd punish him for it. Starts to blam, bam, bam, blasting him with like overhand shots. And yeah, Darren Till, you know, was able to get out. None of the shots were damaging, but it was something that Darren Till had to keep in mind, right? And then Jorge, again, second round is still going on. He's, he's starting to mix in his wrestling, shooting him for that single leg. And he started playing with his, uh, his, his height and his distance throughout, right? throwing a lot of feints faking for the takedown and you can see Darren Till never really knew what was coming and then in the middle of the second round out of nowhere out of nowhere out of nowhere Jorge Masvidal ends up throwing pretty much something that uh, your boy Tyron Woodley does really well Tyron Woodley did this against Jay Haran when he first got into the UFC this was his first fight in the UFC he did this exact same combination to um, to uh, um, Jorge Masvidal did Darren Till he ends up doing a quick switch where it looks like he damn near running in place that's what it looked. It, even looking at the replay, it looked like he he ran at him, not necessarily a, a stance switch. Yeah, it's but it was like a quick stance switch and then an explosion coming in with a huge left hand, right? Blast Darren Till with a huge left hand, follows up with a huge right hand as Darren Till's falling matter. down. Oh, he was already out. He was out. He was out. He was out. He was out. That left. That left then, hit, he was out. Fam, but then when he hit the ground, the big left that came on the top of it, well, yo, it, Darren Till. Well, the, the ground, the ground hit him before the left hit, hit him. Dude. The ground, because you know you. You know someone's out when their head hits the mat. Yo, when he, it when dribbled, like, bro. He, he fell, his head hit the mat, and then he came down with a hammer fist just right right on top of him. I was like, oh, we're lucky the ref stopped in when he did. Oh, man. Here, man, that was one of the most impressive all-around performances that I've, like, that was a great fight all around. Both men performed, um, but... Jorge Masvidal, after taking a year off, going out there, going after and getting the best guy who was available. Not only the best guy who was available, he he won, he fought against the guy that nobody, again, we talked about the boogeyman of the division. Everybody's like, he's too big. He's too explosive. He's going to be the next champ. Everybody was saying that Darren Till is going to be the next champ. Jorge was like, not today, not today. Went ahead, man, in Darren Till's hometown. Got a knockout. Beautiful job, man. Look, you've seen it. What do you think? 
well, I mean, I was gonna, I was just gonna ask you. I mean, I, I thought it was an awesome knockout, awesome fight. But does Masida, Masida or Masidas? Masvidal. Okay, we're not gonna try that again. I'm gonna Jorge. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, does he deserve a title shot? I thought when he got on the mic right after the fight, he made a pretty compelling case. And um, if you're not ready to elevate someone like Ben Askren just yet, if for whatever reason, I, I don't see why, but Colby Covington, Colby Covington's his way out of a fight with Usman. Is that someone that you potentially look at for a title shot? Or if Usman is victorious against Covington and Woodley hasn't worked his way back yet, maybe do you give him that shot then? Um, so Kamar Usman's team called the UFC right afterwards and said that they want um, they wanted Jorge Masvidal next. That's who Kamar Usman's asking for. Not Covington? Nope. After the how, fight. A, after, how does Covington keep getting out of these ass weapons? Yo, a, after the fight, he said his team, his manager called and was like, we want Jorge Masvidal. We think he's the best available guy. So, now, do I think that's going to happen? The UFC is going to be like, hell no. Like, no. Um, what's going to happen is... They're going to give, and I'm gonna let, I'm gonna go ahead and shed some light on the co-main event, which I think was again another incredible fight. But I think that um, Jorge Masvidal is going to actually end up fighting Leon Edwards. Man, Leon Edwards had an amazing performance. Look, we're gonna talk again real quick about uh, Jorge Masvidal in this fight. But let me go ahead and because if they all blend together, especially these two fights, man, they definitely blend together. Well, well but before we get there, I do have a question about Jorge. Yeah, Jorge. Uh, um, how do you feel about fighters, both boxing and MMA alike, when they almost have these self-imposed sabbaticals? Do you think that sometimes they're necessary? I do. So it seems like a guy like Jorge took a couple tight losses, took the year, took the year off. Maybe he stayed in shape, but he wasn't competing. And it seems like something that was more self-imposed than anything, not brought upon by injury. It, it, is it necessary? And why you don't you don't get better if you're fighting back to back to back to back to back. There's no time to one your body heal. There's no time to pretty much tool up. How am I? How is my game going to evolve if I'm just going to training camp to training camp where all I'm focusing on is an opponent? I can't add too much. I can add a little bit here. I can add a little bit there. But how is my game going to really evolve to be great? right there's a reason why champions tend only fight twice a year you know what i mean they they're they're gonna they're trying to continue evolving they're trying to continue doing what they do so people don't take their spot um i think it's good i think it's good for fighters um i love when fighters are active also but i think if a fighter feels as if they need time off for whatever reason i need to spend time with my family i need to get my mind straight i need to get whatever do that this game, combat sports in general, man, is just far too taxing on your body, far too taxing on your mind, far too taxing on your family and your loved ones. I mean, if you need that time, man, take that time. And honestly, look at this. Somebody like Jorge Masvidal takes that time off, right? Comes back. They give him the guy nobody wanted to fight, and he knocks Buddy out in his hometown. 
he looked Barkley. better than he's ever did because one thing that you look at Jorge when he actually competes is one knock on Jorge is the reason he loses a lot of fights is because he a lot of times he gives away the first round. He starts slow. He's a technician. He wants to see what's going on. He lets the fight work. He came out today the or yesterday more aggressive than I've ever seen him. And he stayed aggressive the entire time. That means his game was able to evolve in that year off. That's incredible. This is probably the most time off he's ever had in his career. And, and, and it paid off. And I, and I think sometimes we as fans get impatient when people, when, when fighters want that self-imposed sabbatical or when they don't want to be as active for a little bit because they are working on their craft. A lot of times I think it's because we don't see them working on their craft. We don't understand that aspect of it. So I, I'm glad you were able to sh- shed some light on that. Yeah. Now, I will say I think there's a there's a fine line, right? Because if you take a year off, then it's like, okay, that's a year. You start going to two years off, it's like, yo, what are you doing? You know, that that's like, are you a fighter anymore? Have you retired? And there's the a, that, that one year difference makes it makes all the difference. It does. It literally like six month difference. If you've been out for, you know, 365 days, whatever. Everybody's like, cool. It, it, it is what it is. Man, you go ahead and start getting, you know, you, you going from Q1 going into Q2. Ugh. People are going to start getting antsy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Prime example, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, the, until this last fight, he, it was it was two and a half years since he competed at MMA, right? And here's the thing that happened. And people, I don't care what anybody says, whatever. You know how I feel about this. Everybody evolved. He wasn't able to evolve the same way. Everybody caught up to where he is. So now you got guys, for instance, who he's beaten in the past, a la Max Holloway. If he fights Max again, Max beats the shit out of Conor McGregor. It's not even a close fight. I'm talking about Errol Spence, uh, Mikey Garcia, ass whooping. That's what I'm saying when if they fight ever again. He is allowed everybody to catch up. And here's the thing. Conor McGregor has not won a fight. Period. In any sport. Only thing, last person he beat up was some dude last week in Miami. That's the last fight he actually, first fight he's uh, he won actually in three beat up, years. Beat up, he, he actually only beat up he, the phone. That's what, he beat the phone up. He beat the phone <laughs> up. That's the only victory he's had in the last three years. He hasn't won since 2016. So I would look at somebody like him. That time off was a detriment to his career. Not financially. It's whatever. He's, he, he's, he's rich as shit. But... As an athlete, I think it's taken away from him, man. So, ah, like, I like it. There's a fine line. But okay. Uh, well, but, as we go from the the main event to the co-main event, I know you had a few things to say. Yeah, man. So the co-main event, man, um, was honestly I thought an incredible fight, man. It was uh, Leon Edwards versus Gunnar Nelson. A lot of people had Gunnar Nelson picked to win this fight. Gunnar Nelson, Nelson sound, sounds like he's like part of the A team or something. Fam. He Gunner like Nelson <laughs> is a dog. Like, I'm a huge Gunner Nelson fan. He's actually, um, people know about him a lot because he is uh, training partners with Conor McGregor also. He's a training partner. Um, okay. That's why you can kind of see the same, similar type of karate style, but he is a karate practitioner, um, but he's also one of the best grapplers in the UFC. 
not just UFC, in MMA, period. He is that high level of a grappler, right? And Leon Edwards is somebody who is known as a kickboxer. So check this out. Leon Edwards goes out there, and he is from England. He's a hometown dude. And they were booing him for Gunnar Nelson. And Gunnar Nelson's like Norwegian or something. They boo Buddy at home. So, and not to mention, he's also on a six-fight win streak, beating some really good dudes. He just beat, his last fight was last July, and he beat Donald Cowboy Cerrone. What were you about to say? That's surprising because in the UK, they take to their athletes. They don't need much. They don't they don't need much to take to you. And they take to their athletes very, very well. The reason the reason they don't like Leon Edwards is because Leon Edwards has been calling out Darren Till. They're bigger Darren Till fans and Leon Edwards fans out there. They're both English, but Leon Edwards has been calling out Darren Till and he was saying that he deserved to be in that title shot and in that that main event and not Masvidal. So that's how that's how and people would just d- didn't like him. So they was pretty much picking Darren Till over dude and that's why he ended up getting booed. But Gunnar Nelson also is a huge star because of his Conor McGregor rub. Oh, you didn't say Leon Edwards was Jamaican. Yeah, oh yeah, no, he's British, but he's Jamaican. He's Jamaican British. He, 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 you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you, if you ever hear him talk, he's British as shit. He's from like Nottingham. It's so funny hearing hearing like British Jamaican speak like uh, Dillian White. Yes, yeah, yo, he, that's it's, exactly it's what he hilarious. sounds like. That's exactly what he sounds like. Because they still sound Jamaican. Yep. Yep. Um, so Leon Edwards, man, I'm a fan of dudes. He's he's known as a striker, and. I'm be honest with you, man. He went out here and and completely just dominated this fight. Um, look at this, and I'm just gonna go ahead and put. I mean, he out grappled Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson is supposed to be the grappler, and he was able to out grapple Gunnar Nelson. He was in a couple of precarious positions, and he still was able to uh, to survive. So just look at this. In the fight, Leon Edwards landed 31 out of 49 strikes. Gunnar Nelson landed 9 out of 18. That says a lot right there. You know, it's, and here's the thing, especially when the majority of the fight was actually taking place on the ground. Um, Leon Edwards, man, did a couple things, and one of the cool things about it is he talked about it actually before the fight. And he said, I'm going to utilize elbows because every time Gunnar Nelson is in a clinch and he disengages, he always disengages with his hands down. Sure as shit, in the middle of this fight, in the, in the middle of the second round, at the very end of the second round, should I say, they separate right over the top, huge elbow, cracks Gunnar Nelson, when Gunnar Nelson actually was winning that round. That was the round Gunnar was actually winning. He gets dropped and just completely beat up, saved by the bell. Um, then he got up, had one of the nastiest, like... Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like vampire looking hematoma on his face. Look disgusting. So uh look, all in all, he went Buffy out the there. vampire slayer references. Fan, fan, man. Oh my gosh. Yo, that's all I could think of. Angel, man, he had to, you know what I'm saying? He had to mess the, you know, chichones, whatever you want to call I, I, it. I was never I was never a Buffy guy. I just know like that's like that's real heavy nineties. Yo, fam, I definitely my girlfriend made me watch the cartoon, or not the cartoon, the movie. And I can't lie, man. 
I laughed. The movie's hilarious. I don't care what anybody says. Hold on, hold on. You're not going to cop a plea with your girlfriend. You're going to own this Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Talk about my girlfriend made me watch it. Fam, I am wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt. I own mine, all right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is not Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Let me just say that. Hey, Buffy, have you seen the movie? Don't knock it till you try it. The movie's incredible. I've heard great things about Buffy. I'm just fucking (laughs) The movie's hilarious. And I'm old. I'm a little older than you are, so whatever. Just, just a little bit. That it. Buffy's still Buffy. We're we gonna let you. We're gonna let you rock on that man, one. Not the TV show, show, man. The movie. The the, the TV uh, show was like CW, man. Come on. You I'm, I'm, I'm saying you, you make a Dawson's <laughs> Creek reference. We gonna have an issue. Yo, I'm be honest with you. I don't even know what that is. So okay, that's fair. There we they go. Was all, they was all part there of this. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so touche, bro. Dawson's Creek, Seventh Heaven, all of them. They was on like Channel Eleven, I believe. In Chicago, it's Channel 8 for us. I feel you. Yeah. Hey, man, don't be giving me no, no, no New York hate over there. Right? I felt that smoke <laughs> from New York. All right? don't, don't, don't come over here. All right? You know what? You know what? Here's the thing. Here, and, and, and this is very, very real. I lost Odell Beckham this week. Hey, I, well, yeah, yeah, you guys did, man. Hey, by the way, Cleveland sounds I like they have a whip everybody now. Everybody that will take it. <laughs> Yo, it sounds like Cleveland has a whip now. By the way, oh my, I'm, I'm pulling everybody down with me. I want everybody to fail because y'all took Odell Beckham away from me. Hey man, I'm, uh, how could you? How could you? Hey man, it's your team, man. How it's dare your, you? It's your team. I know. Yeah, I don't know. It be your own niggas. Man. <laughs> it be your own niggas. Oh, my gosh. Dave Gettleman. So. Oh, man. But, yo, check it out. Real quick, to get back on the fight, man, uh, uh, Leon Edwards gets a, gets a big win. Beats um, uh, Gunnar Nelson. Looks great doing it. And after the fight, he said, yo, I want to fight the winner of the main event. And this is where it got interesting. So... After the fight, Jorge Masvidal gets his win. We know, and he's having his post-fight, you know, interview. Um, at backstage, they're interviewing him, and you don't hear what's going on originally. Granted, I I I, I started I started texting people who were there and going through all the vlogs and stuff. I figured it out, knew what happened now. But um, what you start what ended up happening was next thing you know, you see uh, Jorge having his interview. In the middle of the interview, he looks at it. He, he's looking at somebody, and he just look, look, starts kind of chirping, right? He said, "Come say it. all you hear is come say it to my face." And he literally looks at the the lady uh, interviewing him, says, "Excuse me for a moment," and walks away. Now the camera just starts following him. <laughs> he goes over there, and next thing you know, he has hands behind his back, and out around the corner comes Leon Edwards. Some words are exchanged, and in the words of Jorge Masvidal, he ended up hitting him with, with a three-piece and a soda. <laughs> like my I man had to add that soda to make the full meal. Man, he went ahead and dropped hands, and and I'm talking about first of all, you have to give Jorge Masvidal tr- credit because not in one night, in one night, he beat his opponent and the winner of the co-main event. <laughs> <laughs> because after that, I don't know if you noticed it, man. He left uh, Leon Edwards lumpy 
My man had a cut and a black and swollen eye after that quick exchange. So, go ahead. What are you about to say? I know you he saw. doesn't get rep- he doesn't get reprimanded or anything. No, you called nigga. It's MMA. <laughs> like, not only I mean, did he not get reprimanded, he ended up getting a uh, performance, a fight of the night bonus, and a performance bonus. So he got an extra hundred thousand dollars because of that win. That's funny. Well, here's that the thing. The reason that he's not going to get in getting anything is because every time the UFC goes overseas, they actually are they serve as their own commission. So the only reason they end up getting fined when they're here in the States is because the commission finds them. You're making our commission look bad. Fine. What do you think the UFC cares? They're like, yo, thank you for selling pay-per-views for us. We've just made the next fight. Thank you. We're going to put this on all the promotional stuff. And it is what it is. So at first... Again, I hate watching that, right? I'm like, dude, what are you doing? It's your moment. Like, why would you mess up your moment? But Jorge says something afterwards, and I listened to him, and it made a lot of sense. And I respected him for it even more. And first of all, real quick, Jorge Masvidal might be the realest yeah, that, that, that is true. That's <laughs> Yo, true. He might be the realest. Because I'm going to be honest with you. He is somebody that it wants all the smoke. Like, do you you see the way, like, and I love him, I talk about him a lot, but like the Charlo twins and all these dudes, they get in each other's face and they be barking back and forth. Yo, you do not do that with Jorge Masvidal. He'll throw people paws on you in a heartbeat. So watching my man go out there, he ended up saying that, and you can actually see it in the video if you look at the video again. Leon Edwards was walking around and... In the middle of Jorge's interview, he's actually yelling at him. He says, I'm going to beat your fucking ass in July. And Jorge says, are you now? He says it again. I'm going to beat your fucking ass in July. My man looked and says, come here and say it to my face. And he walks over there with his hands behind his back originally because he wants to show that, look, I'm not trying to do anything. We can just talk about this. We can can get into it like whatever. Mm -hmm. Leon Edwards, if you look at the video, Leon Edwards walks up and, and puts his hands up. Like he squares up. The moment that my man squared up and put his put his, his dukes up, Jorge said, "Look, I looked at that like where I'm from. That means you want to scrap. You're gonna so I'm not gonna let you hit me first. And he, like that he said, fair. hit him with a three piece Santa soda. I am not mad at Jorge Masilov for doing it. I think his not only his credibility, I think his stardom rises and elevates because not only did you knock out. The gorilla Darren Till, who everybody's afraid of, and who's a knockout artist himself, who is a bigger man. This is somebody after, who should after be, he was hurt. After exactly knocks him out completely, goes out there and dusts up somebody else. Yo, I'm not mad at this in the least. And here's no thing people gotta understand. Everybody who's all sensitive and PC and things like that. Yo, we're fighters. We fight for a living. The fight just happened. Emotions are still on charge. What do you expect? We love this shit. Come on now. And here's the thing. Don't act like everybody who's PC and talking all oh, this shouldn't have happened. The moment the UFC starts going out there and advertising this next fight and putting up all this promo stuff and showing it and having the background stories talking about it and they have it up on ESPN, we're going to be eating that shit up. You know it. Oh, absolutely. You know it. 
we, we are fight fans. We love some some bad decisions. Absolutely. And some <laughs> yo, and it was all the ruckus, man. Like, yo, Jorge Masvidal is one of my favorites. He's been one of my favorites for a long time. He's an OG, the one of the OGs of the sport, um, and he is still doing it. And I'm be honest with you. He he has to he has to he's by the end of this year he'll fight for the title, and he deserves it. He's been around for a, for a long time. That's someone that you want to make sure gets a title shot before they go out because he's definitely on the tail end of his career at this point. Man, I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, you think about it. He doesn't look like he's slowing down. He's, he he doesn't look bad. Just years and mileage. I'd I'd imagine he does, that, that he, he doesn't starting to creep creep he, in. He doesn't take a lot of damage. And even if you're talking, listen to him after the fight, he's like, "Yo, I'm doing. I'm, I got to put my babies through college. I got to do this." Like my man's, he's a fighter. He's Guys working. like that don't get tired of fighting, working. yo. Well, I mean, he he could be a fighter, but he could also be someone that really just sees this as a check. And there are people like that. They nah. just do it, and they will continue to do it for the money. Dude, this dude was, he used to fight, but he did backyard brawling, bro. He had to make money somehow. Yo, but that's what I'm saying. Like, And he's somebody who talks about it. He's like, I am a fighter. That's what I do. I love fighting. You know what I'm saying? So, all in all, man, look, it was a great weekend of fights. Um, great, great weekend great. of fights, man. Um, I, I it, one of the more entertaining weekends of fights in a while. It was solid, uh, and I'm talking about across the board. That's like boxing, MMA combined. It was an incredible like uh, weekend. Um, we have more, like I said, a bunch of MMA coming up next week. So we'll definitely talk about that. We got boxing news and shit coming up, man. B, man, a couple more things before we get out of here, man. What you what you want to talk about? Anything else? Just a special mention, David Benavidez, um, David Benavidez returned yesterday and had a second round knockout over, I think it's Jadavian Love, I think yeah. is how you pronounce it. Yep. But he looked solid in his return. We didn't learn a lot in the two rounds, but the power is clearly still there. He needs to get back into the mix. He is, would he be considered a lineal champ since he never lost his belt? Essentially, he tested positive for cocaine and got it, got it stripped from him. So he's on well, the no, because he, he didn't have all, he didn't have all the belts. You can't be lineal if you don't have all of them. Okay. Okay. Fair. Um. So he he's on a quest to get his belt back, and he adds a nice, um, a nice fold into that 168 pound division. He's some much needed star power returning to the ring. Yeah. So I was really and happy a young to see guy. that. And there's a he's a young guy, and there's a lot of good fights to be made, including your boy Bivol potentially moving down to 168 within the next year or so. So. Um, that's uh, one of my, my special mention. Outside of that, shout out to everybody that uh, came to the fight with me this weekend. That was pretty dope. There were a lot of lot of people. I went went with um, my line brother Rotimi, but a few friends of mine. Happy birthday, Devin! They got a box up top as well. That was dope. They had a great time. Yeah, that's all I got. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Well, yo, um, B man, I appreciate you doing this with me this Sunday, man. This was fun. Oh, I, had, I had a lot of fun. This is Sunday lineup. I got a lot of shows I got to watch. Man, I'm gonna be up late tonight. Man, who you telling, man? I, dude, I got so much I got to turn. I got, I mean, I got to finish watching the uh... Walking Dead. I got Billions. Uh, I got the Adnan Saeed case. I got Black Monday. I'm Black Monday is what out. I got to watch every minute we, we stay. We're on the phone. I'm like stressed out. Like, damn, I got to watch this shit. <laughs> oh shit, man! I'll let you go then, bro. Do you think, right, man? Be we'll be, we'll be back here on Thursday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, brother. You have a good one, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Talk soon. Yes, sir. Peace out.
All right, man. This is the Fight Podcast. You just got done listening to episode 96. We're moving right along, man. Uh, yo, uh, big shout out and salute to Brandon Camille, man. I appreciate him coming on this week. And especially, look, man, he was at the event. I wanted him to come on and break down everything. Just the feel of, of an event like that, man. Those type of events, those type of big arenas. Yo, 50,000 people were in that space, yo. To watch two men throw fisticuffs. It's great, man. So I was really, really happy that he was able to come on and check that out and uh, break that down with me and also get into MMA a little bit. Um, Great weekend card. This weekend, we have so much more coming on. A lot of boxing news, um, a lot of fight news. Obviously, um, there's been some drama going on in the combat sports world. I will be back very soon to go ahead and break that down for you. Um, we also have a couple um, couple solid interviews and more, man. Uh, closing in on 100. We're looking forward to that. And we're going to do something special for that for you guys. But with that being said, yo. This is the Fight Podcast, man. Um, I'm Serge Vicente, your host. Thank you guys so much for joining me again on episode 96. The Fight Podcast is brought to you guys each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Follow us on social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Go ahead and give Brandon a shout out also. That's at BCAM with two M's, 13. And remember to support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch today. Thank you guys once again for listening, man. And I will see you right here next time on The Fight Podcast. Deuces. Deuces.